the whales actually are doing great. Uh, I mean, it's. I think the whales have got to be enjoying this time of quiet, uh, you know, and the time of not having as many of us out in the water. And this news about three pregnant orcas is pretty incredible. Hi, I'm Mark Larry Young. Welcome to Scanna, a podcast about oceans, ecoethics, and the environment for fans of fact-based reality and reality-based facts. So we were just about to post our latest episode featuring author Mark Bekov when my newsfeed exploded with something we just don't see often enough, a story that gives us hope. In 2016, I wrote a book called The Killer Whale Who Changed the World about Moby Doll, the first orca displayed in captivity. That was the summer of 1964. In the summer of 2018, another orca changed the world. The southern resident orca, Tahlequah, gave birth to a daughter. Less than an hour later, her daughter was dead. Tahlequah carried the body for 17 days as the world watched her grieve and grieved with her. Tahlequah did more to raise awareness of the plight of the endangered southern resident orcas and teach people about these astonishing beings we share the planet with than a generation of scientists and activists. And newly released aerial photos show she's pregnant again. Not only is she pregnant, there are pregnant females in the other two southern resident pods, K and L. The day after this story broke, July 29th, I was invited to talk about Tahlequah on Victoria's CFAX Radio with host and orca enthusiast Adam Sterling. We thought we'd share some of that interview here as a very special episode of Scanna to celebrate Tahlequah, the Southern Residence, and hope. As always, this is brought to you by the listeners who sponsor us at Patreon.com. It's also brought to you by the letter J for JPod. If you'd like to help us share more stories like this more often, please join our pod and check out our show and my books at scanna.org and orcaseverywhere.com. It certainly must be interesting to be one of the southern resident killer whales currently plying the waters around what we call Vancouver Island, noticing that there are far fewer ships than there were once upon a time. The noise of the endless thundering of mighty vessels across the oceans of this planet, not completely stopping ever, but we had a guest on recently that said that uh, the noise that we're seeing in the oceans right now, probably far similar to what was seen in the 1980s, at least around these parts, than what we have been experiencing more recently. This, of course, brings to mind the plight of the southern resident killer whales. We know that our southern resident killer whales, which are a distinct subspecies from the northern variant and the transient variant, the bigs whales, the larger ones that hunt cetaceans, no, not cetaceans, pinnipeds, I should say, cetaceans are the whales, pinnipeds like seals and sea lions. The southern residents are different. They hunt Chinook salmon uh, because they use echolocation and because a big, huge whale has to chase down a little tiny fish each and every time the caloric budget that these predators sustain themselves on has not exactly been a winning proposition. 
with the way that things were. But could they actually have a better chance now that things are quieter for a little bit? And to add even more intrigue to this saga, we are told that there are not one but not two but three pregnancies, at least one in all three of these southern resident killer whale pods, JK and L, including Telequa, who you will recall lost her newborn calf two years ago and then tragically carried it around on her nose for 17 days, making headlines on television newscasts and publications around the world. Here to talk more about the unique state in which we find our oceans and the whales within them, Mark Lehren Young, you know him, he's host of the Scanner Podcast. We have him on the show from time to time. He knows so much about this, always love to pick his brain on these matters. How you doing? Great. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing rather well, all things considered, you know, watching the world end economically. Uh, how are the whales oh, yeah. doing? Like I feel like there's a new metric for how you're doing. That yeah. The new metric is, are you coughing? Do you have toilet paper? Okay, I'm great. Yeah, yeah. How are the whales doing? Uh, the whales actually are doing great. Uh, I mean, it's. I think the whales have got to be enjoying this time of quiet, uh, you know, and the time of not having as many of us out in the water. And this news about three pregnant orcas is pretty incredible. Remind our audience what happened with J-35 Telequa two years ago. Well, I mean, this was the story that captured the imagination of the entire world. Because I remember Telequa gave birth to a, to a calf, gave birth to her daughter. And within half an hour, the daughter had stopped swimming and instead of letting her go, Talakwa carried her daughter on her nose. And we people have seen orcas do this or dolphins do this for a few days. And I mean I remember interviewing people at the time like Ken Balcom and he he said, Yeah, this will last maybe a week at most. And at the one week mark, the world really started watching. It went from just, you know, the people around the Sailor Sea watching to People magazine and CNN. Uh, there were international news conferences held at NOAA, and I gather they were the biggest news conferences they'd had for anything outside of tsunamis and hurricanes, as the entire world media tuned in. I mean, even now, I woke up this morning to news feeds from People magazine, CNN, BBC, all covering Talakwa, because yeah. Talakwa is now the Talakwa is the most famous wild whale in the world now. And it's because and she tragically carried around her dead baby for 17 days. 17 and, days. Oh. She's pregnant right. again. What's going to happen? Well, it's it's interesting because I mean I'm reading the NOAA scientists talking about how, you know, the odds are never great with an arca pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, you know, their gestation's 18 months. A lot of things can go wrong, and we do not have we do not have a great food supply in the Sailor Sea. I and mean, the numbers on Chinook salmon right now are brutal on our on our salmon runs. But you've kind of got to err on the side of optimism because these preg- you know these orca pregnancies are unsuccessful until they're successful right orcas tend to you know orcas do miscarry a fair bit and they miscarry more when there's you know not much of a food supply but perhaps the pandemic gives them the break from us from noise from you know from us taking out as many salmon as we usually do to give us the best shot they've had in a long time do you think the the whales notice that there's something different? Obviously, the whales wouldn't know what COVID nineteen was, but do you think that they notice that there's far fewer big, huge ships in the ocean than there used to be, at least in frequency? Oh, absolutely! One of the things that I've been watching is these orcas are showing up in places you haven't seen them, right? So we've got 
big work is the transients are out there checking out shorelines that they don't usually go to where they're going, you know, you know what, we're going to follow that seal into Seattle Harbor, right? Oh, yeah. So you're seeing these amazing shots of orcas showing up closer and closer to us because there aren't as many of us. So they're definitely taking advantage of our downtime. How many uh, southern resident killer whales do we have left? Is it 72 or 73? It's 72, and I think that I think we get 73 by adding Lolita into the mix. We also talked a bit about Lolita, also known as Tokatai, the southern resident orca on display in Florida. For more on this story, please check out our interview with Kurt Russo of the Lummi Nation Sovereignty and Treaty Protection Office. Again, the link to that interview is in our show notes, scanner.org, or check out your favorite podcast host. And now... Back to my talk with Adam Sterling. Oh, you might know, because I have no idea. It's 18 months. We know it started at some point, but I'm wondering, you know, where should we mark our calendars to look for a little whale? I'm sure that the NOAA people can give you an exact number, but I figure since they're, everything about their life cycle is pretty much the same as ours, right? So, except their gestation periods double. So I would guess, you know, double what it would be when we'd see a human showing. And but it's so hard to know how much they're showing because we don't know how thin they are, right? Yeah. So we don't have the we don't have a baseline. So I'm not even sure if Noah can go. Yeah, this is six months because some of the other workers they're seeing are really thin. So they're not looking at them and going, "Wow, everybody's healthy. Everybody's been eating well." They were saying, you know, some of the juvenile males especially are looking a little on the thin side. We have had some successful calves born in both J and L pod since the incident two years ago with J35 Teleco on the calf on her nose, yes? Yes. How are they doing? They seem to be doing okay. Everybody's still out there. I mean, that was, that was the great news was that when they started seeing the orcas again that all of the orcas showed up. I wanted to ask you about how your kids' book is doing. I know we had you on when you did your launch. What has it uh, been like? It's been a little surreal. I mean, I, I was actually very fortunate. I was one of the first authors invited on to uh, Canada Performs, the National Arts Centre program. So I got to do a national launch through Facebook Live. And it's funny because I keep hearing that the local bookstores in Victoria, like Monroe's and Bolands, are featuring Orcas of the Salish Sea, which is uh, book for elementary school students. But you know, not quite as many people are cruising through the stores as usual. And I gather all the books are now on sale on the BC ferries. So if anybody's actually venturing up to the bookshop, the books are out there. Our guest is Mark Laren Young. He's an author. He's the host of the Scanna podcast. And he is the person to whom I turn when I'm trying to learn more about the southern resident killer whales. The current population of southern residents in the wild, ladies and gentlemen, 72 animals. There is one, as we mentioned, Lolita in Florida. Lolita has a different name as well, doesn't she, Mark? Uh, Chokete. Chokete. Is the, na- is the name that, uh, it's interesting. Chokete was the original name given to her by somebody from SeaWorld because they liked the name on something they saw in the gift shop. And that's the name that's sort of been reclaimed, especially in Washington State, to the point where there's even uh, a ferry that was named after her. So, you know, there really is a sense of trying that that whale belongs here, and we're going to try and get her back. Mark Lairon Young, I want to say thank you for your time and attention as always. Where can people go for more information on all the fine books you've authored? Thank you so much for, for doing this. Uh, any book, all the local bookstores need your support. 
orcaseverywhere.com or scan it for the book, scan it out for the podcast. And thank you so much for doing what you do, Adam. I'm so glad you're covering this. Absolutely. Well, you know, when I li- when I need to learn something about these whales, and I'm a big whale guy in terms of, well, I, I used to go see Tilikum all the time in Sealand uh, in Oak Bay once upon a time. That was where I developed my affinity for the orca whales, and I know you know all about that story as well. But you're the guy I turn to when I can't figure something out, Mark. So you come highly recommended in my book. Thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Thanks again for checking out Scanna. Scanna is produced in Saanich, BC, the traditional territories of the Wasanich, Songhees, and Esquimalt peoples. If you like what we're doing and want to help us share more stories about oceans, ethics, and the environment more often, please join Scanna's pod at patreon.com. Sponsors for this episode include Joan Watterson, Solomon Siegel, Chantel Shawnee Surratt, Simon McNair, Darren Laren Young, Robert Anderson, Nancy Campbell, and Yosef Wask. Also, please subscribe to the podcast and our newsletter and check out our show notes at scanna.org. Follow us on social media and share the show with your friends. Share it with strangers. Share it with enemies. Everyone has time to listen these days. If the show doesn't work for you, I'm Joe Rogan. Scan is produced by the always awesome Rain Banu, associate producer and audio engineer Isabella Almashi. Our web wizard is Katie Brown. We've also had all sorts of help lately behind the scenes from Asia Radigan, Maeve Milligan, Brian Murphy, Cole Flick-Bellis, Joanne Juan, and Kate waring Oxanen. Scanna's theme, Scanna, is by Leah Abramson. I wanted to end off with a song BC-based folk singer Ken Dunn wrote about Tahlequah's Tour of Grief. This is called Tahlequah. Where I live on the coast of uh, British Columbia, we had this amazing orca whale population and they're they're really seriously endangered. Recently we were all excited because one of the mothers, um, Tahlequah was her name, she had a baby um, but her baby died and um, she was so distraught that she carried the baby on her nose for two weeks and wouldn't let it go. So I wrote this song for, for her.
Thank you. 